Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about extroverts and introverts, relaxing sounds, and we have part two of our interview with Janine Sanders. A nice long nap. A nice long nap, is that how you're starting the podcast? Just the words, a nice long nap. That, my friends, yeah, yeah, I press record and suddenly you just go, a nice long nap. Um, I'm joined by a girl. <laughs> Sorry, welcome to the A Nice Long Nap Garbage Project. I'm joined by a girl who likes the sweet, sweet sound of dead air. It's Charlotte Downs. And I'm joined by by a man who presses the record button at the most inconvenient (laughs) of times. It's Chris Dames. Um, I um, I I don't mind a bit of silence. I'm a natural extrovert, but sometimes you just need some time to think, don't you? I actually saw this thing about explaining the different kinds of extroverts and introverts because there's not just one type of each so while some people might have some like attributes of both they lean more towards one and that makes them a certain type of the one that they lean more towards i mean you're quite a social animal aren't you you like company what what do you think you are uh i i think i might be i'm more of an introvert except when it comes to specific people and then i'm just like (gasps) Friends! (laughs) Friends! <laughs> friend, will you be my friend? Um, open this coke under the table. Um, and and yeah, I mean, having a bit of quiet time, I think, is necessary to, or, or just like sort of you time, is necessary to, to recharge a bit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a weird one though, Charlotte, because this shit for me. Um, I I do get energy from spending time face to face with people. So do I. But Zoom has been a bit of a challenge because I think it's not the same. It's, it's, it's not, not the, the same, same, is it? It's not the same at all. Um, so actually, as we ease ourselves out of um, restrictions uh, in the UK, it's um, it's been really really nice. Particularly, you know, we're recording this um, a few weeks before you listen to it, um, and. Uh, Easter's been amazing because we've actually got to see and spend time with real life people. It's been good. <laughs> They're not just voices coming from the screen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then you're back at college and I'm back yeah, at work yeah, yeah. and there's loads of really positive things uh, going on. Russ, what do you think you are? Do you reckon you're an introvert? I'm an introvert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where's your balance though? I, I like to spend all my time on my own. <laughs> I like. Yeah, I don't like noise at all, and I definitely don't like being around people. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean you've picked Mildly the wrong podcast to edit. Mildly sure. offended. Yeah, I I don't I don't mind silence, but if you're sitting in a room of other people and it's silent, that's when it's I'm an un- issue. I've only recently found. Uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy silence, so I used to have the telly running all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But now I can't stand the telly just running to itself. I have to have silence while I'm working. Yeah. Okay. Now it's interesting because I have music on while I'm working, um, but I've got to pick the right music. Otherwise, yeah. I get distracted by the music. Yeah. Mine's, I'm mine's to. a no, concentration. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's a thing because um, people like find it easier to focus with different music. Like most people find it easier to focus with relaxing music but um we were doing an experiment about it in maths um because you know why not 
and a couple of us were like, well, no, put some hardcore, like, rock on and that'll be easier. You're joking. Now, that would be too distracting for me. I, I you, know what, you know what I do? Because it drowns everything else out. I can see so it. So you've literally works. just got what's in front of you and nothing else. I, 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 I mean, I, it doesn't I, work for a lot of people. I'll it give does it, for me. I'll give it a go. Um, but um, no, that'd be too, too distracting. What I need is just some really nice. I mean, I've got there's a playlist on YouTube um, that is just really. It's it's actually r- the sound of rain. There's two. It's the sound of rain and um, quite sort of vanilla jazz. I, I love them rainforest jazz. Yeah, not rainforest. So it's the sound of like rain on pavement yeah. and vanilla jazz. And then weirdly, the sound of a like a, a coffee shop or a cafe with a with a jazz sound recording because like then it gives you that environment of you know people but not, not people yeah not yeah. yeah so 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 yeah I think I think those two elements really work but um uh what works for you about silence there's nothing you don't have music on or um, well, when I'm going to bed I have the radio one. Yeah, I can't sleep without some kind of. So what do you have on a bit of bit of Kerrang? Mellow Magic. Mellow Magic. Mellow yeah. Magic. It's like like his version of Sleeping at Last. Are you, a... I used to like the Midnight Hour on Cap Hill when I lived down here. Yeah. And Mellow Magic do more or less the same. Mellow Magic. Yeah. What, what a magical sound! What a magical name for a for a, a radio <laughs> station. Um, whenever I used to go to bed, um, I don't do it as much anymore. What do you mean when you used to go to bed? Well, you don't go to bed anymore. <laughs> when I used to go to bed, um, I used to put uh, an album by Sleeping at Last on because obviously it's really nice and it's just like yeah. and you've still got the words to kind of distract yourself from head stuff that's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Sleeping at Last is definitely good. Yeah going to sleep music isn't it um uh, so yeah all all good we haven't yet talked about this week's question of the podcast and it's inspired by um, a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about pairing foods because you think charlotte just um just remind us of what your opinion was i think tea should be paired with a nice long nap that was what <laughs> was going on at the start of the no. episode no what you said well i have my coffee not paired with anything and you said it in this voice you went yes tea should be paired with scones um, and no, it's going to be paired with tea. Oh, tea is very versatile. Oh, scones right. are just not. Right, um, so you can pair scones with tea, um, but not tea with scones. Yeah, because you can pair tea with like a nap, scones. You can pair tea with a nap. All right, no, hold on. So you can pair scones with tea. What yeah. else could you pair scones with? Not very much. Jam. Jam. Yeah, cream. 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 Great. That's about what, it. What, what could you pair tea with, Charlotte? Um, a nap. Tea with a nap. A nice... Now, you're going to scold yourself. Yeah. You're going to scold yourself. 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 You're going to
I'd say mint tea is paired very nicely with something we had yesterday for dinner, a tagine. Because that's, yeah. that's what they uh, eat in Morocco. Who's had in middle class now? <laughs> <laughs> no, gen- genuinely, in Morocco, in Marrakesh, when I went to... Oh, I'm sounding even yeah. more middle class. <laughs> yeah. When I went to Mar- Marrakesh um, to discover myself... Um, this no, when is what you sound like every time you boast about your travels. Yeah, uh, no, anyway, Marrakesh is an amazing place and I'd recommend that if you haven't been... Um, uh, Do you not remember you- the apple tea, like the granulated apple tea we got from Turkey? Um, I do. I'll tell you. Can I finish my Marrakesh story Sorry, now? Yeah. Thank you. Marrakesh is an amazing place worth visiting. Um, but one thing that is worth trying out in Marrakesh is the tea de month, uh, mint tea and eating it uh, in, a, in a cafe with uh, a lovely tagine. tagine. I prefer lamb. All my um, loose leaf tea comes from Tiger. <laughs> comes from a tiger? No, from the shop. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, I didn't realise Tiger sold tea. Mum bought it for me for Christmas. Oh, cool. Okay, that that sounds really good. Um, So, the question of the podcast um, this week, dear listener, is um, what two foods slash drinks go together? You know, what what two things would you always combine? At least they have context for that really awkward opening now. What, the awkward silence? (laughs) No. Just you going, I need a nap. So that's that's it. If you can get in touch with us and you can get in touch with us in a wide variety of ways, would you like to share that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so you can get in touch with us on Twitter. Um, Twitter? Parenting with scones on Twitter. So you pair Twitter with Facebook. Do you pair Twitter with Facebook? No. Oh, okay. No, I was joking. I'm allowed to make a jest. No, Twitter, we're at Kindness. On Facebook, if you just type in the search bar, um, The Kindness Project, we should come up. We have a website, which is www.thekindnessproject.co.uk, and we have an email, which is ola.thekindnessproject.co.uk, and I think that's all we've got. And if you'd like to pair your idea about what foods and drinks go together and pair it with an email to us, um, that would be an amazing thing wouldn't it yeah. can we get on with the chair <laughs> let's do it let's do it um, okay right so the next segment we've been doing for the last few weeks is sharing stories of people during lockdown who have done amazing things to improve their um, uh, their worlds improve their mental health but um, just making sure they're being as creative as possible during lockdown and the story that I'm going to share this week is the story of Mark Marzi uh, Mark My- Marzi said my year long lockdown project has been to invent and create card and board games He's now got eight games completed to playable level with more in the pipeline. Uh, Mark's got background in military history um, publishing, um, but he's also always been an enthusiastic gamer, uh, both cardboard games and online with an old Xbox. So once the pandemic started and everything went to pot, uh, Mark's business was winding down and uh, he was considering taking early retirement. But he wanted to keep his mind active and throw himself into something he's, he's got passion for. Um, he said his regular games nights with his friends had to be put on hold, obviously. So he tried creating the games he always wanted to play but couldn't find on the shelves. Mark um, also had a dear friend um, who recently suffered from dementia um, and was 
actively aware of the need to keep the brain active and engaged. And it's really important, actually, in terms of combating um, uh, the deterioration of the brain to make sure that you are keeping the brain activated and engaged. So, so um, yeah, Mark, Mark's motivation from, from that was you know, really understandable. Um, so what he did is create and play the games, um, uh, and hope to play the games once everything was back to normal, and then social interaction as playing the games. You know, he says that sitting in a table in good company, engaged in a game, really does a lot for your sanity and mental well-being, something I'd, I'd agree with Mark with. In a dream scenario, Mark would really like to continue creating games, get his prototype produced and marketed, and he's really enjoying the new challenges this has thrown up. So I suppose, in that respect, the pandemic has had a positive effect. And I think the, what the last year has taught us is the need to be... Uh, optimistic yeah. and uh, as we know from our recent career okay um, editions always look on the bright side of life show that and what do you reckon um, now I want to share the um, story of uh, Roger Phillips and Nikki Foy um, uh, who got involved during lockdown in tree and flower study so Roger's 88 and he had to isolate with his partner Nikki lockdown taught Roger that um uh, uh, sorry, lockdown found Roger struggling with his painting and drawing, but he, um, he took the decision to do completely new editions of books that he wrote many years ago. So Roger wrote Wildflowers of Britain and Trees of Britain, published in 1976 and 1977 respectively. So what's kept him busy is just updating all of those books. Um, in a position where um, uh, they were up to date with the new flora and fauna of the uh, that's growing out there, so really nice thing to do during lockdown. Um, that's it for um, that series. Hopefully, those you've been inspired by uh, those things, and feel free to let us know that um, the things that um, have kept you sane during lockdown. For me, it's been exercise, um, continuing to work and um, actually study, learning. Um, uh, I need to get back on the right train because we uh, we need to publish the Kindness Project book sometime soon. Um, but yeah, that's what's got me through. What's got you through, Russ? Work or yeah. something else? Work. Work. He says it so enthusiastically. <laughs> what's, what's got you through, Charlotte? Um, my studying, my yeah. writing getting to meet new people even if it's only once or twice a week yeah and I, I mean I suppose one of the things about coming out of lockdown is you know getting to just build on those relationships isn't it yep yeah love it right that's great and we'll move on to the next part of the show so we've got the second part of our interview with Janine Saunders. Um, Janine's an experienced author, publisher, elementary school teacher, mother of three, and an active advocate for body, body safety. Uh, we talk all things gender equality, respectful relationships, um, and um, the talk about the books that Janine's uh, written over the years. Um, and Janine... Um, share some really useful tips about how we can be kind to ourselves and others. Would you like to hear the second part of the uh, interview? Let's do it. 
I don't know. Okay, so, well, I just recently here in Victoria in an actual curriculum, school curriculum, we now have social and emotional intelligence in the curriculum. Oh, amazing. Assessed. Yeah. yeah. Now, how they assess it will be very interesting, but they're actually yeah. just taking um, notes about how kids are interacting, um, you know, how they're treating each other. Mm. Sometimes people... Um, a really great idea I love is that you might read a storybook, you know, um, and then have some questions and kids sit in a circle and they talk to each other and communicate because, we, you know, we're finding a lot of kids aren't learning the skills of communication either. Yeah. So yeah. sitting in that circle, asking a question, what do you think about this? One child speaking and then listening to another child politely, um, you know, just generally how they're interacting in the classroom and what kind of ways um, and, and work working on that and mm. hence why I do have books in that space with teaching lessons so that the teachers can, you know, find, have, have a basis for how they can begin those lessons. Great. And so, yeah, they do have that accessible now here in Australia. Amazing. Which is, is great. Yeah, yeah that's, that, amazing. That, that, that's... Because I think in UK if I'm not wrong, I'm not sure, but it seems pretty much an emphasis on academic ability would that be so it goes goes, I think it goes in waves um uh, but certainly at the minute I mean I've got I've got one daughter who's um who's uh just in uh, primary school and then I've got one daughter who's just finishing uh the last year of secondary school and going to college um and certainly for the second for Charlotte who's 16 the focus is purely academic so so much so much so that um it, it, it's an interesting one and i don't know whether this is particularly good parenting or not but i did i this conversation so she's quite academic she's going like I, I don't know how they grade exams in oz but um we we've changed ours now from it used to be from a to f and now it's from one to nine nine being the best one and she's on charlotte's on for about seven to eight um, but she's in she's she's in she's in a position where she's finding herself putting herself under a lot of pressure to get eights instead of sevens. Um, and I, what I wanted to do, Janine, is actually enjoy it as well. So I want her to enjoy the experience. So I did say to her the other day. In 10 years' time, what's going to matter? I don't think it will matter whether you've got a seven or eight in one subject. So I want you to work hard, but I want Mm. you to cope well with the experience by not by realizing that it's not the end of the world because i think i think kids of that age think that that's their life um and certainly when you're a bit older it gives you a bit more perspective on you know doing well but also and i want her to work hard but also uh just just taking the time to relax a bit Absolutely, and I think we actually need to unpack that with older, with teenagers as well. Like, I think in our schools what we actually need, and this is what I would love to see, and I'm pushing for this in Australia, but, you know, who's listening to me right now? (laughs) But um, I would really love to see, like, a counsellor slash teacher. So three days a week they unpack in a lesson with the kids things like... Uh, empathy and kindness, cyberbullying, pornography, sex education, drugs, um, all the things that, you know, social media, cyberbullying, all the things that kids are, 
you know, on the edge of a precipice with but have no guide rail, I think. They need help with this. They need help to unpack that. So this teacher would unpack that with them and then two days a week they would counsel them so that they would... The kids know this person. They're comfortable with this person. There's a relationship of trust, isn't there? There's a relationship of trust. And they'll go to them if they're feeling bullied, if they're feeling suicidal, if they're feeling anxious about their studies. That's what I'd like to really see in all our schools because, you know, worrying too much about how you're going academically is can actually be, you know, we know particularly with girls, it can come out in all sorts of ways. And in in the case that I know, actually... um, in a in in a very dangerous ways, so um, I think if we had that kind of teacher, that would be amazing. But you also need to tell your daughter, my Jessie, she she studied pretty hard, but she wanted to be a photographer, so she got in and she did photography, and she got a degree in photography and fine arts. Then she went off travelling for a year. Yeah. Then she came back. She did a year of gender studies. Then she did a masters in social work, and now she's. At 26, campaign manager for youth justice with okay. the Jesuits. So you don't always go the way. You- well, that's the thing, and and you know what? It's it's interesting because I was I was talking before we started the the fact that we we went to Japan. We've got, we've got another really good trip um, planned this year. I wanted to have some really diverse life experiences that are not just based on what grade you got on a piece of paper. Because um, then, as you as you say about that social side. I mean, I, certainly, I know you've travelled a bit. For me, travel is the it broadens the mind, doesn't it? It's that you know, if you're going to have a conversation with somebody and you've been to a certain place and li- lived a uh, like. It, Sort of been in a certain culture, it, it allows to to have an interesting thing. But yeah, I uh, it, it's a weird one because uh, I think um, being a parent is the only is the only job you don't get an instruction manual for. And I'm still trying to make it up as I come along uh, to a certain extent. But we'll we'll get there. I think as a parent, as with teachers, the most important thing is that you give children a voice, you respect them, you listen to them, and, you know, you don't shut them down. You allow them to say, well, actually, I don't like that. And, and you you know, what's going on for you? Like, actually get down on your knees at their height and listen to them. And I think that that's what a lot of people do. Are sort of missing that just their lives are too busy yeah. to stop and take that time and find out what's really going on for your child well I so, think I think you used it like when you were talking about what the kids need um, mm. I think the word counsellor is really interesting because I think like just trying to be a bit of a wise counsel with your kids mm. is mm. You know, not not being there to tell them you've got all the answers but just being there to listen and guide mm. is uh, it is is the is the potentially the way to do it but what do I know um, uh, and also what you said before about the vulnerability saying yeah. to them well actually I am human and I don't know all the answers yeah but you know this is what this is what I've learned along the way and you know maybe you could use that and now that I parent well do I parent I have three adult girls um, we have you know some most often it's really not um, saying what I think or what they should do but waiting till I'm asked what do you think about it and then giving um, my ideas yeah. rather than telling them you know how was the uh, how has the relationship changed when they became adults is that look at I actually think it's 
more difficult to tell you the truth because you know you can't you can't sort of say right get packed up we're going now we're we're going off and you're going to get in the car because you know we have to be left you know you can't do that anymore Mm. so it's actually quite quite difficult yet you really want to have that lovely relationship with them so it's a very fine line Um, but as I said I do try to um wait till I'm asked a little bit more about what I think about things and just hold my tongue a bit more than I probably would yeah. usually. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit more nuanced, isn't it, than when the, yeah. um, where you go, get in the car. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I know you're, I, you talked about the books being sold in India earlier. Yeah. Uh, and I know not you, sold, they're uh, given away. Given away in India, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. And, so and, we, yeah, we gave that to them. But your great. books are sold throughout the world, aren't they? Yes. So yes. We have, I have uh, 17 now, 17 okay. books um, in that space that we talked about. So um, we we sell the books through our website, which is um, Educate to Empower Publishing. Um, I can uh, you, You'll put up the web details. Yeah, so we'll put the web details yeah, in the show notes. So that, yeah. Through that. But for the UK, the books are available through Amazon. Okay. Um, and for the US and Canada through Amazon. But the teaching notes and the free posters and teaching resources are all available on our website. Mm. And there's a lovely, like, anim- I've done some animations too that okay. teachers and parents can use. Um, one's on body safety, just a two-minute little animation. So that's free as well. And that's really good for kids who maybe on the, on the spectrum. Yeah. So who don't who find it hard to concentrate? So there's yeah, they can get that all through through our website and yeah, Amazon for the UK. So so the the question I was going to ask is yeah. um, potentially not the difference between Australia and the UK because there's a uh, I'd imagine a, a decent amount of cultural similarity but mm. do you think mm. there's a cultural and societal difference when teaching kids about children in Asia like India or China or Japan do you think because clearly the society is slightly different is there a different style of communication or do you think do you think teaching kids about kindness and positive behaviour is universal I think it's absolutely universal. I think maybe the home environment can be different culturally. Okay. So what is and isn't talked about. Um, so therefore, I guess for our kids in some cultures, we're relying more on the school and what's happening in the school. But my books, you know, this kids are kids. And yeah, yeah. That you know, they, they these books translate very well. Like they're in Vietnam and they're in China and they're in all sorts of different countries, and they they translate very well. And you know, the message, particularly in body safety, is the same for all kids. Yep. And empathy and kindness, it's exactly the same. Okay. But okay. as I say, children children also learn from adults in their home and have what is modelled at home. So yeah. If some topics are taboo and they're not talked about, then then they won't be talked about. So therefore we do, the teacher in me knows that we have to rely on educational institutions to bring the difficult topics up and walk our children through them and and, um, prevent... Prepare, prepare them for life. Yeah, so so is there a job to be, is there a task to educate, educate the parents as well, do you think? Oh, 
Oh, absolutely. I have one book called Body Safety Education, and that's for parents. So that's that. that I always say, educate yourself first in this space before mm. you educate kids. Mm. But as far as you know, empathy and kindness goes. Well, yeah, I think um, I think it's it, it's been lacking a little bit lately, and I'm hoping it's coming back as we see more activism in in the communities and we get back to more community ideas yeah i'm hoping that there'll be more of that listening to one another and that empathy and kindness but you know we have a lot of very narcissistic leaders in our world at the moment and that doesn't always i think bode well i think that's true but i'm also optimistic that the lines of time are long right so may, maybe we're going through a, a short mm. stage of history that isn't particularly optimistic but um, there's an amazing book by a guy called Hans Rosling called Factfulness that talks about how over the last hundred years trends have been like broadly positive in so many different ways so I agree with you I think we're going through a trend of leaders who think um, uh, strength is power instead of vulnerability, but I've, I'm 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 quietly optimistic that that might uh, that that the the pendulum might swing in the wrong di- uh, the right direction eventually. But uh, we'll so. we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's better to be optimistic than pessimistic. So you know that's a better option, isn't it? How do, how do you how do you how do you personally keep your optimism? Well, you know, for me, I think I was was talking this with my daughters the other day. I think sometimes you're born with a certain gene that's a little bit more optimistic than others. That's true. That's true. Some people are more prone towards depression and anxiety. Some people are more prone towards being optimistic. And I think I was probably born fairly optimistic. You know, my childhood wasn't um, totally easy, but. you know, I've always been fairly optimistic and I also love a nature, so I love my walks. That mm. seems to be a wonderful thing for me. And mm. I am a yoga devotee, so okay. I spend I do love my yoga and meditation. So yeah, those are the ways that I tend yeah. to feel So na- nature nature and yoga is your is your yes. is your mood nature, boosters. Yoga and horses. I do love horses. Oh amazing. Have you got horses? Do you own horses? Yes, we do. I've okay. been I've I've ridden horses. We were, I was brought up on a farm okay. in Queensland, so I've had horses in my all my life. But unfortunately, at the moment, um, well, I can't ride at the moment because I've had a a small. I will not a small. I've got a, had an operation on my neck, so okay. I've been advised not to ride. So and, and, that's okay as long as I can pack them and be around them. I'm okay. Yeah. How, how long for? When can you get back on the horses? Well, I really um, I can't. Oh. So yeah, I've yeah. had a. A thing happened to me where um, I had a, a disc move onto slip in my neck onto my spinal cord. Okay. So long story short, emergency operation and um, a piece of titanium between two discs now. Okay. So um, that. But you can still be around them. 
I can still be around them, and I'm Good. just a bit, uh, you know that's another reason why I'm optimistic because I'm a very fortunate woman that I can walk and run and do still, all those yes, things still. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I, I think grad, gratitude is quite important as well, isn't gratitude, it? Gratitude, yeah. absolutely. In fact, I've just on our website, I've just put up a new little uh, free download journal. Okay. Um, so people can uh, print it off and make a booklet for their kids on gratefulness and, okay. and writing some things in there every day. So yeah, yeah. gratefulness is a big one, isn't it? And and if I gave you a magic wand, as you're like, as, as we've been talking about you being a teacher, what one thing would you change about the education system? Look, I think I would probably say take the time to listen to children. Um, I've, you know, in my teaching career, I've been very upset to see sometimes um, educators say, oh, that, that kid is a little, you know, he's always often a boy which sounds terrible but he's mucking around and he's causing trouble in my class and I think they need to have a look and say like what's going on for that kid why is he not engaging in the learning is it me is my lesson are my lessons not interesting or is there something going on for the kid at home or in their life and just take that time to to listen to them that's Mm. what I would say rather than just put people in a box yeah um, and that needs but that more about them but that probably need means teachers need more resources right you need the resources to find the time to do that yeah absolutely yeah. and i think the you know teaching has, you know good teaching practice never changes but what has changed is the amount of work that yeah. has been laid on teachers here in australia particularly yeah. you know assessment being part of working groups being on committees and really getting away from what they actually do which is teaching kids caring about kids finding out about kids so yeah. i really feel that that has been you got to go back to the on, yeah. yeah, the emphasis on assessment and uh, academia has really mm. taken away f- from teachers actually doing what they went into teaching for, which oh, is say that. to yeah. help kids. Yeah. Mm. And what, what's next for you and Educate to Empower? Um, well, at the moment, I'm sort of um, taking a little bit of a break. Okay. Been, you know, we've put out three books last year and one this year. So um, probably just doing... Um, more posters, teaching notes. Um, I am working with a domestic violence shelter on a, on a book for kids in domestic violence situations, so a little bit, bit on that. Um, yeah, and I'm just writing my little readers and just mosing along and doing the best we can. Amazing. We Amazing. Yeah. That's good. Um, so before we conclude, there's, there's one thing we do on the podcast, um, which we ask a question of our listeners every week. Uh, it's not particularly kindness related, but it's, uh, it's just a, a, just a little question because we're curious people and we like to just find out a little bit about you. So um, it's, it's a quick fire round. We'll just ask you a few questions um, and yeah. we can go from there. What's your favourite Muppet? Oh. <laughs> Ernie? Is that right? Uh, that, is that from Sesame Street? 
Yeah, what's a, a Muppet? A Muppet. You know that Kermit and Ms. Piggy and Animal Oh, one. okay. Yeah. I like Ernie. He's a Muppet, isn't he? Well, it, it's contentious. I don't know whether we could include the... Say, they are Muppets, but they're not from the Muppets. So, oh, right. Ms. Piggy, then. Ms. Piggy, okay. We'll let, we'll let you have that one. World's Best Biscuit. <laughs> Tim Tam. What's a Tim Tam? I've never had a Tim Tam. Oh, my God. You don't know what a Tim no. Oh What's a Tim Tam? Tim Tam is an Australian biscuit. Right. Maybe. I know that people from all around the world come to Australia to get a Tim Tam. But so it's what? a chocolate-coated biscuit with chocolate inside and you dip it in your tea and it's amazing. Is it hard? Is it like sort of like... It's hard and covered in... It's biscuit and chocolate and covered in chocolate and it's hard and it's... Sounds amazing. You have to look them up, Chris. Look I up will do. I'm, I'm Googling Tim Tam as we speak. <laughs> What's your favourite work of art? Oh, um, oh, I love anything, any uh, Aboriginal art that we have here in Australia. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. And yeah. where where would you where would you go to see Aboriginal art? Is it in galleries or is it? Oh no no, I'd love to go up to. I haven't been to Kakadu, which okay. is a national park up in the Northern Territory of yeah. Australia. Right. So I'd love to see the rock art. Oh yes, amazing. Yes, yeah, amazing. I'd love to do that. I haven't done it yet, but I will one day. Yeah, uh, um, and and, and uh, is there a lot in that particular in Kakadu? Is there? Is is it? Yeah, to, there's a lot of beautiful rock art. And I'd imagine there. it's protected, um, right? Yep, yep, yep. But tourists go there and can can view it, but yeah, definitely protected. Amazing. It's, it's Aboriginal land. Yeah. Um, right. Let me just find a couple more good ones. <laughs> Who's your? Who is? What's the worst movie you've ever seen? Oh, the worst movie I've ever seen. That. That one recently that won an Academy Award where they were all dancing and... Um, Black Swan. Stone it. Um, it had Emma Stone in it and everyone was raving. La La Land. Yes, I didn't like it at all. See, I quite like La La Land. <laughs> it's, uh, but I, it, did, it, did, it did go off on a bit of a tangent at some points. Yeah, but I, yeah, uh, yeah. I, just didn't, I just didn't get it. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's fine. That would be the one I didn't like. Mm. And when was the last time you cried? Oh, probably yesterday. Okay. <laughs> And so yesterday. you, so yeah, I'm a crier. Are you? Are you? Uh, yeah. Uh, I often, it's funny, and I guess this is pretty a, a personal thing. But yeah. sometimes in my yoga meditation, I'll you know, tears will come up from somewhere. Okay. So I let them, yeah. and um, I'm cool. not sure what they're about. It could be, a, you know, mm, yeah. Mother Earth, or I don't know, or something from my childhood. But yeah, that. I let them come up then. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think as, as we've said, suppressing your emotions is probably not the way to go, right? Um, uh, and uh, as we were talking about travel, this will be the last one. Mm. Uh, where in the world would you never visit and what place is at the top of your bucket list and why for both? there's any place I would never visit okay. um, I mean obviously I wouldn't go to a war torn place but I'm always open to travel anywhere new experiences so yeah. there's probably nothing I would never visit but look 
Uh, top of my bucket list ooh, at the moment is to – I've been to India twice and yeah. I think to go back to India. I'm um, also written um, specifically for World Vision India Teenagers' book on consent okay. and they're launching that in March. So I'd really love to go back to Varanasi. Yeah. Um, and I also am desperate to go back to Scotland to do some hiking. Amazing, yeah, yeah. We, I, we, we. My wife's family live in Arbroath on the east coast, so we're we're up on up in Scotland quite a lot. Um, have you ever been to the Edinburgh Festival? No, never to the festival. No. Amazing. If you if you get. If you get the chance to go, it's the atmosphere in Edinburgh in August is incredible. Yeah, it's okay. really good. Okay, well, I'll put that on my bucket list. And add, that, add that to your list. Janine, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have too. Okay, thank you so much for having me. I have indeed. So that was Janine. She's a bit amazing, isn't she? Yeah. Cool. Let's get to the end of the show. Would you like to... Um, uh, do your little thing. Of course I would. Tis the end of another podcast. Oh, sad times. Um, <laughs> it's the end of another podcast. And the end's never really the end because we've always got more stuff to talk about. Primarily, um, uh, what the last week's question of the podcast answers were. And this week, um, last week's question was amazing because it was Pirates and Ninjas. And um, uh, it's going to be a short one, actually, because there was an unanimous... No, um, there wasn't. Oh, wasn't there? There wasn't. There? Okay. there wasn't. Okay, well, I'll go through it. So Sam Chilton said pirates, because uh, Sam's half Cornish, has pirate ancestors, so has to, has to go for pirates. Dave Forsyth said pirates, because they're loud and know how to have a laugh. Well, that, that sounds pretty good. Ninjas are quiet and way too serious. Cassie Dame said, Pirates, of course. Why? Because they are. Um, uh, oh, Philip Fitzgibbon said, Ninjas, of course. Um, uh, Johnny Piper said, Pirates, ninjas don't drip rum. And Justin Gaffney said, Pirates, just listen to the sea shanties in the charts at the moment. Clearly, Pirates are the I told you it thing. wasn't unanimous, It though. wasn't unanimous, but... Um, Pirates have definitely got the um, uh, got the Ad- top advantage. Yeah, and we agree that pirates are better than ninjas. Yeah. Cool. That's it for another show. Um, we'll see you next week on the Kindness Project. Have a lovely week, and we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.